0: your home for all the news and expert opinion inside sports with reed wilkins on 630 chad all right here we go next friday we got the gary drager golf classic coming up at the links all in support of 630 chad Santa's anonymous uh, i believe that bob Stoffer and i were auctioned off to play with a couple of lucky golfers and yes i just did air quotes as i said the word lucky no no it's gonna be great we uh, i don't even know who got to who got uh, bob and i i don't think i have ever been auctioned off before i assume those people are much more excited about golfing with bob uh though i will probably contribute more to our score than bob not because of my ability but i think i uh I, I golf way more often than Bob because Bob is virtually never. And I try to play at least semi-regularly during the summer. Had a nice round at uh, Riverside yesterday morning, which was uh, pretty fun. Nice to get. I like playing early. I like getting out there early, playing before the, the course is uh, really busy, kind of buzz through the round, get the day going with a nice round of golf, and away we go. But uh, that'll be next Friday. August twelfth at the Links in Spruce Grove, which is always in incredible condition. So I look forward to that. That's going to be a, a fun day. Okay, so the Elks getting ready to go to BC. Dave Campbell will be traveling with them. Dave, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing great, and it feels like this is a voice I haven't heard from in, in an awful long time. Now I've heard it because I did I did listen to some of the shows last week, even though I was on uh, on the bye week like the Elks were, and it was really good. But the fact that you and I get to speak words to each other it's 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 nice again buddy
0: well it's nice and as i said last week you were not on holidays you were practicing for retirement that's going to be my <laughs> new term for when people are on vacation especially at our age we're yeah. at the point where retirement isn't imminent but you can see it far far off in the distance so you got to practice for it so yeah, well, buddy.
1: If that's how we're terming it, uh, I think I'm. I think I'm going to like retirement when I when I finally get there. It, it was a fun week.
0: Okay, so I know one of the things you did, and you shared this on social media. So I'm not telling tales out of school or delving into your personal life. And I, I have to ask you about this because you went to the monster. Is, is is it called the monster truck show competition exhibition? I don't even know how to proper. I, not only do I know what ha- I don't know what happens <laughs> at them. I don't even know how it's referred to. Okay, Monster Jam. That's what it's called. It's a Monster, monster jam. jam. Okay. Yeah. It's not a yeah. Monster Mash like the song on The Simpsons they would play on Valentine's Day. No. On the radio station. <laughs> Although it
1: kind of felt like that could fit in this case in 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 some respects of the show, but this is an actual, I mean, this is an actual series. So uh, these drivers are competing for points and for bragging rights and things of that nature. So they have a tour and and there's uh there's you know there's points and they do have like a world finals at some point during the year I don't know where it is this year but uh you know this came up about a month before the show cuz my son my 6-year-old son Noah saw a commercial for monster jam at commonwealth stadium and he's like daddy daddy you know th- these monster trucks are coming you know they're coming to to, to the football stadium and I'm like Oh, okay. So I investigated it, and uh, I admittedly will will say that uh, I was just I kind of like brushed it aside just to see if he'd forget about it. But <laughs> no, he was he was dogging a bone with this for probably a good week or two. So my wife wife and I are like, Let, let's buy tickets, let's go. So we bought our tickets uh, two weeks before the event, and I'll tell you, uh, I didn't know what to expect. I, I had no idea. Um, and when i got there first i saw the setup at uh, commonwealth the, the the track and and the and the dirt and the and the uh, the jumps and the, you know the various obstacles and things like that and i'm like wow I mean, th- this is an amazing visual and then you 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 know like the the names of these trucks and if you go on the monster jam website they have a bunch of trucks but Kellen Kennedy was telling me after the show because he, he was he met he uh, commented on my post on Facebook and said the stadium tours you actually get the best of the best drivers so we saw the best of the best and I love the names of these trucks you had. <laughs> El Toro Loco, you had Jurassic Attack, Extreme Attitude, Velociraptor, Megalodon, Soldier Fortune, Rockwell Red, and of course the granddaddy of them all is Gravedigger. In fact, Reed went so eight trucks in, in all. So they were all introduced and they're all doing the you know the lap around, kind of like you know, you would see at you know Roger's place with with the with, with the Oilers and whoever they're playing, do the old skate around, right? Before the national anthem. Well, they were kind of doing the same thing around the track, and I noticed. Wait a minute! There's only seven. Where's I'm like, oh, Gravedigger gets his own intro, so well. Gravedigger gets his own intro, and um, and then the crowd goes goes wild, and they have four events. One is a racing event, the first one, so it's basically two laps around, uh, you know, modified track, and then the second event is a wheelie event. So whoever can do the best two wheelie. And you're judged, and actually the fans judge. There's Monster Jam. You go on their app, and you can actually judge. And that's how that's how they're judged. There's no judges there. You're you're the judge. And then there's the uh, donut competition, and just simply they just spin around like you see it. You know, end of races, that you know to just do this donut, which to me wasn't all that exciting, but it was kind of cool. And then the freestyle event was was nuts. You have 120 seconds so two minutes to do as many trick tricks as you can in that. in in that big monstrosity of a vehicle, including backflips Reed. There were three vehicles that did backflips with these big, monstrous trucks. Gravedigger did it. Uh, Soldier Fortune did it. And Soldier Fortune, by the way, has the only female driver that was in the competition. Kayla Blood is her name. And El Toro Loco, who completed a backflip, but then I think is uh, front passenger Axel broke, so he was out. Um, it, it was tremendous. It was a tremendous night. So many kids in the crowd, and it was it was more fun than I could ever imagine. I thought I could have at this Monster Jam event. event. First time ever at a, at Commonwealth Stadium. Uh, Aaron Grimes of the Elks was kind of the hype man to start the the event, and uh, I, I had a great time. It was uh, it was the highlight of the bye week for sure.
0: Okay, well, I'm glad you described me what happens because somebody asked me what happens at these shows, and I said I don't know. I don't know if they, like you say, they they did tricks and were judged. I didn't know if they drove over smaller cars and crushed them. I didn't know if there was some sort of a race involved. So now, so now I understand. That's good. Now yeah. I have, now I have the bread and butter on Monster Jam, so to speak. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the steak and the sizzle, all at the same time, yes. baby. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Dave Campbell joining us tonight on uh, Inside Sports. So Commonwealth Stadium goes uh, back to being a football stadium now. It won't be a home game until the 13th, but the Elks getting ready to go to BC on the 6th. The the season opener for the Elks in Vancouver was horrific. They got blown out. Now, Nathan Rourke for the Lions might be the number one individual story of the season. We got a Canadian quarterback who is playing incredibly well. What I'm wondering, though the Elks coming off of by, Uh Chris Jones, maybe more time to prepare. I mean, you know, I'm trying to be really optimistic with the double E this season after, <laughs> after the last, after last year, like is, am I hyping myself up too much? Am I going to be disappointed or how do you look at this?
1: Well, uh, I think Chris Jones with an extra week to prepare for his opponent has always been something that the opponent should worry about. Um, I, I totally believe that. And, that being said, Nathan Rourke's an issue for opposing defenses in this league. And I thought he was falling off a little bit. I mean, the the, the Bombers came into BC Place not too long ago and just waxed the Lions. And, and Nathan Rourke had a tough night. And then in a win a couple weeks ago at home against the Hamilton Tiger Cats, where they won 17-12, you know, Rourke was the winning quarterback. But he struggled in that game. And it kind of looked like he was falling off a bit. Then he just puts on a show in Regina against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and the Riders are really struggling right now. And he's the second-leading passer, only to Zach Caleros. Interesting debate about who's the MOP right now. Is it Caleros? Is it Rourke? Rourke has the uh, league lead in touchdown passes with 16. Excellent runner, um, but someone that has been able to adjust to his mistakes, and he has made some mistakes. I mean, he threw two interceptions against the Ottawa Redblacks earlier in the year, and they found a way to win the game, and, and he was a big part of that. But Chris Jones with two weeks to prepare for any quarterback or any offense is still something I think is is, is something we got to think about here. And also that this team, if you look at their week one roster compared to now, and we'll flush this out maybe later in the week, but it's night and day right now. And I, this is a healthier group. They're, they're going to be a healthier group. Darrell Walker, I expect to play. I expect Kyle Loxley to play, and that's going to be huge because he's not only in the receiving core, but he's the short yardage quarterback, and he has five touchdowns on the year as well. So, you know, he's proven to be very versatile. Jake Cerezna should be back on the defensive line, and uh, Nafis Lyon only missed a couple games with a shoulder issue. So, he should be back as well. So, I want to see what Chris Jones can do in a short week or short, not a short week, but a long week, an extra week. Cause he's coming off a bye week against Nathan Rourke. Still going to be a tough challenge, but Rita, look at the schedule. And I think the lions would be the toughest challenge of these next four games. So then you're at home to the riders. Then you're home and home with the Ottawa red blacks. To me, I'll even throw in Saturday's game. All four games are winnable. Mm-hmm. And if the Elks can come away from this month with three or four wins, You know, that might not not be too bad at all as they set up uh, going into Labor Day and and the Labor Day rematch.
0: Yeah, well, that's, I I mean, I know in the CFL, it's a long season. 18 games is a lot. Two-thirds of the league makes the playoffs. Um, No, but for the Elks, it doesn't matter if you're fifth overall, if you're fifth in your division, because you're going to be out. (laughs) So, but, yeah, to me, it's the point where the, the move has to be made in the next I guess, six games even, if I want to throw in the Labor Day series, if they can make mm-hmm. some progress against Calgary. I, I mean, two and five, okay, great. You got 11 games left. You probably got to win six. And, and you probably got to beat Saskatchewan both times you play them.
1: Yeah, And then, and you, gotta,
0: and then you have a chance at yep. fourth.
1: And you got to remember, too, I mean, the, the fact that they played so many games up to, I mean, let's go to the Labor Day rematch, through the Labor Day rematch, they would have played 13 games and then they have two bye weeks in their remaining schedule. They only play five games following the rematch to the end of the season. They have a week, week 21 bye, right? So they're not playing a lot of games after Labor Day. So if they're going to make any sort of move in the West, and I still think it's going to be very, very difficult for this team to do that considering who they're playing, considering who's in front of them in the West, and uh, the fact that this team isn't exactly a core yet even though you kind of can see some signs here that you know they're they're starting to come together on offense a little bit on defense i think much more special teams has been a little bit of a little bit of a mess because of injuries as well but that this this team is starting to develop a core and but you know is 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 it too little too late kind of thing I, i don't know i mean i think we're seeing a better competitive Effort out of this team and performance. It's just at certain moments you wonder where their heads at. And Chris Jones talked about even in practice where it's a lack of concentration. And he also used the the term after the the loss of the bombers. Um, uh, what was it again? Uh, uh, we lack a certain level of intelligence. And he said today, look, if if you're going to line up offside in practice, you're probably going to do it in a game. Yeah. So so that's why they're trying to clean it up as best they can in practice and not tolerate those those sort of things cuz it might mean nothing it might mean something and uh they really want to clean that up so the, that that's for me is is going to tell the story of this elk's team for 2022 which again i think think we might be asking a lot for this team if they're going to make the playoffs but can they show signs that they're going to be a better football team and i still think that is possible even if they don't make the playoffs but can they play a full 60 minute effort and performance and that doesn't mean perfection but that means do they do everything and the little things and, and the details of the game do they do them right you know they are, are, are they making the decisions they need to make uh you know on the right side of decision making on the right side of the details instead of what we have seen Reed, and we and and again the loss of the bombers was a perfect example of the problem with this team they were dominating at times against the best team in the league. And they had them, they had them running around, but key moments of that football game, the Elks looked like they had no business being in that game. And the bombers had that championship mentality Mm -hmm. and it was like four or five plays go. I mean, it'd be easy to look up which plays those were that they executed so much better, you know? And I remember you said, you know, you said last week it was their C game. I think to, to Jed Roberts, you know, and good teams have to win with their C game. Well, they won with their C game, but when it came to details and the moments of the game where it mattered, they were A plus.
0: Uh-huh. Well, and, and, but I think that that's what I want to see from the Elks. It's Like you said, don't line up offside. Don't, don't commit no yards. Yeah. You know, don't, don't be sloppy lining up and you got to take a timeout or delay of game penalty, things like that. I mean, they're, they're going to have a talent deficit against some teams mm-hmm. um but you can overcome that if if you are equal or better in paying attention to the details and, and not committing some of the the self-inflicted wounds well it'll be a fun week to follow practice for sure and it's going to be interesting to see the elks go up against Rourke again he is he is a top story i think for the uh for the canadian football league this season dave thanks a lot for checking in thanks for educating me on monster jam as well we'll talk to you soon
1: and i look forward to you to taking you to the next event at commonwealth stadium and the next monster jam that, that'll be fun
0: well, that'd be, I, I have never been to a monster jam, Dave. And I'm, I'm glad Dave told me cause I did not know what happened. I just kind of thought they lined up a bunch of smaller cars and the monster jam trucks drove over them and everybody cheered and was happy because there was some destruction, but they actually, what did Dave say? Three of the monster trucks did backflips, which I'm trying to visualize. That's pretty amazing. Dave seemed to have a great time. He took the family. He's got two, uh, young kids. They had a great time. So, uh, I don't know. I've never thought, and, and not, hey, if you like it, that's that's cool. I've never felt like Monster Jam was my type of thing, but apparently it was pretty fun. Uh, I, I know I saw some, uh, I, you know, I live in the Commonwealth neighborhood. I saw a bunch of people walking uh, out of the neighborhood to go home after. So it must have been pretty well attended. Anyway, uh, if you want to talk Monster Jam or otherwise, Kevin Lowe announced his retirement from uh, OEG today as vice chair and alternate governor. It is 780-496-0063 on the CertainTeed hotline. Back in a couple of minutes with more Inside Sports. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. From uh, Kevin Lowe tonight, you've heard from Dave Campbell getting you ready for the Elks and the Lions coming up on Saturday night. That is on 6.30, Chad. The countdown to kickoff is at 6.30, and then the game will be at 8 as uh, the Elks sitting there with a record of 2-5. B.C., I must admit, I did not see them being this good. They are 5-1 and one on the season. They only lost to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers who are now 8-0 and oh after beating Calgary over the weekend. Toronto leading the Eastern Division. They're 3-3. Three and three. Hamilton's two and five, Montreal's two and five. So the Elks, last in the West, would have these, uh, they have the same record as the two teams tied for second in the East. Now, of course, the East teams are going to start playing each other and getting some wins. The West teams will play each other and get some losses. But once again, the uh, West division decidedly stronger than the East. I can also tell you that the Edmonton Stingers will play at the Saskatchewan Rattlers on Thursday in a playoff game in the Canadian Elite Basketball League. The winner advances to the quarterfinal and then the winner of the quarterfinal goes to championship weekend in Ottawa, which is a final four scenario. The playoff structure, I am not a fan of. Ottawa is hosting the championship weekend, so they automatically go to the final four. They finished eighth out of 10 teams, so they do not have to play in a play-in game and they do not have to play in a quarterfinal. They're the eighth seed, and we already know in the uh, semifinal they're going to play number one Hamilton, the Honey Badgers. So the the other six teams are actually playing in to get into the other semifinal. I'm a little torn about this. I understand it's still a relatively young league, and the championship weekend was in Edmonton a couple years ago, and the Edmonton Stingers won it. They've won the last two championships, don't forget. So I understand they kind of want to hype it up all season long, but by ensuring the host team gets in, you run the risk of having an Ottawa team advancing automatically much further in the playoffs than their record would observe. I, I just think these leagues should just say the the better team in the regular season gets a home game and it's going to be hyped up in that city. And maybe you make the championship series, the best of three and you have it, you know, the wednesday saturday and sunday or wednesday friday and saturday in all the games in the city of the higher place team and then it's going to get attention because i'm going to tell you something ottawa is not going to be in the league final in the CEBL. so you're going to have it basically being a neutral site game it's not the great cup it's not the super bowl let let, at least let the, the fans of that team go that's what i think they should do but as you may have noticed i don't run any sports leagues they did change the university cup after I beat that drum for a while for two pools of uh, three teams to an eight-team single elimination tournament. I'm not saying I had a lot to do with that, but I was saying I was beating that drum for a couple seasons leading up to it happening. Anyway, so uh, we wish the Stingers the best coming up here on Thursday. Derek Scott is back at the 6.30 Chet Broadcasting Compound. He is your studio producer this evening as Kellen Kennedy has the night off. Derek, how are you doing, buddy? Good, Read You? Good. Now, you were telling me during the break you have been because this monster truck stuff... obviously I know about monster trucks I have never been moved to go but I I understand for some people the monster jam is indeed their jam yeah you know I used to always go with my dad when I was a little guy and it's one of those things that you know maybe when you look at it you know it doesn't really look that great but I mean when you're there I mean you feel the roar of the engines the heat coming off these things the excitement in the crowd it's really something that you really really enjoy once you're down there well, Dave mentioned Gravedigger in that interview, and I, I had heard of Gravedigger, mm-hmm. which is, would Gravedigger be the most famous monster truck of all time? I would say probably, like, may, it, maybe Bigfoot would be up there too. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's another one, but I'd say those are those are the big boys right there, that's for sure. All right. Well, Gravedigger has a Wikipedia page. I just. Oh, there you go. Be, must, oh, Gravedigger's been around over 20 years. Wow. Does it still have his, all its original parts? <laughs> Boy, I, I can't imagine. <laughs> no. Uh, I got a text from Section O, who is a uh, loyal Edmonton sports fan primarily interested in the Edmonton Elks uh, he says the Memorial Cup has the same format as the CEBL with a host team in the tournament yeah and you know what section oh I have a problem with it in the Memorial Cup I'm gonna say this right now to me the Memorial Cup uh, is tainted when the host team wins if they weren't a league champion this year the host team won and I'm like whatever they're not the best team They they won a little mini tournament Good for them. They had to prepare to do it. They they you know, they played the games under the same rules as everybody else. But it, it's it's a fine line when you have these tournaments and, and the the participants for the tournament are determined through a, a playoff and you're not gonna know who it is until right near the end. So you let the host team in so there's more interest in that market. And then to me, an undeserving host team wins, I, I think it kind of taints the final result. I, I really do. But you're you're right, sectional. That that's that's a good point. The Memorial Cup is a four-team tournament, and the host gets in. Now, some teams, the some years, the host has gone much deeper in the playoffs than this season, for example. But but still, I I prefer where everybody plays this your way in, or even if you take the top two teams from each league, and 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 let them in. But uh, you're right. I mean, it's it's not unique to the CBL sectional. As as always, you're a very astute gentleman.